0: Chapter three of But Thy Love and Thy Grace by Francis J. Finn This recording is in the public domain recording by Maria Therese Chapter three The room of Regina O'Connell and her sister was small and very sparingly furnished. Two common chairs, a plain wooden table, a heavy bed of the same material, and a small stove made up the furniture. Upon the wall was a coarse print representing the Savior showing his sacred heart. It was so placed that the invalid upon the bed could see it without turning. Despite the poverty of its appointments, the room was as clean as the traditional Dutch kitchen. Rose O'Connell was lying on her back, her fragile hands clasped together over the coverlet. Her face was pale and thin. Her eyes were large, lustrous, and shaded by exquisitely penciled brows. Occasionally a moan of pain escaped from her lips. Suddenly she dashed her hands across her eyes. The look of pain disappeared as in a flash and a smile, joyous, expectant, glorified her pathetic little face. She heard the step, so loved, so familiar, without. The door opened, and Regina hastened into the room. "'How is my dearest little sister this evening?' she cried, bending down and kissing the upturned face. "'Fine, Regina. I've had several visitors during the day, and they all talked and laughed so that I forgot my poor old back.' "'And how is the pain today? Ah, you've been crying, dearest.' now tell the truth haven't you a little regina but it wasn't the pain altogether what else dear you were coughing so last night regina and then you look so tired about the eyes and then your step isn't like what it used to be it's heavier and you don't smile so easily and last night and the night before you was moaning in your sleep oh my own dear sister if you were to get sick and suffer I couldn't stand it. Why doesn't God lay it all on my back? Let Him put it on me. I'm used to it. Oh, I'm murmuring now. God forgive me. Rose began to weep afresh. There were tears struggling in Regina's eyes, too, but she kept them back bravely. Now, Rose, she said, don't you go praying to get my troubles. I won't have it. You've had your share and more. And then, Rose, I'm not going to groan any more in my sleep. I did have a little trouble, but it's all over, thank God. You know, he got to drinking again. Yes, I know. And I didn't know what to do, but today he went and took the pledge, and he won't touch liquor any more. He met me on my way home from work, and he was so nice and affable. He says he's going to be a man from this out. Oh, he was so nice, and he wrote me just the most lovely poem with his own hand he did yes he told me he sat up all night composing it i've got it with me and i intend to keep it all my life would you like to hear it my dear oh yes just to think that he could write poetry let's hear it regina from her bosom regina blushingly took out a sheet of ordinary foolscap paper it's just lovely she commented and the words are so fine here's the way it goes believe me if all these endearing young charms which i gaze on so fondly to-day were to change by to-morrow and fleet in my arms like fairy gifts fading away thou wilt still be adored as this moment thou art let thy loveliness fade as it will and around the dear ruin each wish of my heart would entwine itself verdantly still it's simply grand cried rose ecstatically but that's not all dear there's more just as good Read that part over, do. Oh, it is so beautiful and sweet. And it's true. You could never grow ugly to me, dearest. And your charms couldn't. What's that word? Oh, yes, your charms couldn't fleet. No, never, never, never. Read it again, Regina. I'm going to get it by heart. So Regina read the first stanza a second and a third time, after which Rose recited it from memory, clapping her poor little hands for joy at her success. Oh, I just love poetry, she cried, and I didn't know it. Regina, I'm going to give up story books and read poetry. It is heavenly. I'm just crazy to hear the rest now, and I'm going to learn it by heart, too. Go on, dear, read the rest. I wonder what he means by entwine itself verdantly still. What is verdantly? I guess it means like an ivy, or maybe a honeysuckle. Oh, Regina. I never thought so much of him before with regina and rose mr thomas Betterley, aged twenty-three occupation and mechanic was always him her cheeks flushing prettily regina continued it is not while beauty and youth are thy own and thy cheeks am profane by a tear that the fervour and faith of a soul may be known to which time will but make thee more dear oh the heart that is truly loved never forgets and is truly loves unto the close as the sunflower turns to her god when he sets the same look which she turned when he rose. My, isn't it like angels talking? cried the invalid, her cheeks blazing with fervor. And it's so true. You do get dearer to me every day, Regina. Time does make thee dearer, and then it's so sad because there will be a close. I, I think, dear, that I'm getting worse. And, and, here Regina gave a little sob and the close is coming. But you will be my sunflower to the last, and I'll turn to you. She stopped suddenly. Regina had thrown her arms around the child's neck, and in a long embrace they sobbed together. It was an hour of exaltation. The cross and the crown, the sweet and the bitter, the loveliness and pathos of two sweet and simple lives were wondrously intermingled but the bitterness, the cross, and the pathos were all sweetened and made light by the faith and the love and the grace of him whose picture looked down on them both from the bare wall. Now, dear, continued Rose after a long silence, let us say that prayer together. It is a poem, too, and I am so tired, I want to say it while I can. Regina slipped to her knees, still holding the dear head with her arms. Together they recited, Take, O Lord, and receive all my liberty, my memory, my understanding, and my whole will, whatever I have and possess. Thou hast given me these things, O Lord. To Thee, O Lord, do I return them. Receive them, dispose of them according to the extent of Thy will. Give me but Thy love and Thy grace, for these are sufficient for me. Tomorrow, Rose added, presently, I'm going to read nothing but poetry. It, it makes me love God more and, and, you too, dearest. Kiss me good-night. I am so tired, so tired. Regina kissed the wan face tenderly and then turned away. A shiver ran through her frame, and there was a coldness at her heart. How wan, how pinched, yet how unutterably lovely was the poor little fading rose. Oh, my God, my God, she muttered, anything but that, anything. She corrected her thought and added, Give me but thy love and thy grace. She was startled presently by the sound of Rosa's voice, clear but so weak. Regina, the pain is all gone. Oh, I feel so nice. There is a change. No pain. Oh, thank God for his goodness. It is gone at last, and now I shall sleep well. It is all gone. It has been with me since the new year. Thank God. I shall read poetry tomorrow. Nothing but poetry. And then, good night. Regina said nothing. Her sister had sunk into slumber. How peaceful, how sweet, how lovely the face on the pillow had grown. Yes, the look of pain was gone. Thank God, thank God, echoed Regina. Thank God for all his mercies. A moment later, there came a low knock at the door. Regina advanced on tiptoe. She found Miss Dalton standing without. "'Oh, how do you do, Miss Dalton?' she whispered. "'You are most welcome. I didn't think you'd come so soon. "'My sister is fallen asleep. Do come and look at her. "'Just before she dozed off, she told me that all the pain had left her. "'And, oh, her face is so beautiful. "'She is sleeping so soundly and doesn't moan as she used to. "'Thank God, thank God. "'Come and see her, and step lightly, Miss, "'for Rose has not slept sound these many months.' Tomorrow, she added absently, she is going to read poetry. Miss Dalton followed Regina to the bedside. As she looked, she started. Then, bending down, she put her face close to the sleepers. Does the priest come to see her occasionally? She asked presently. Oh, yes, Father Dillon, our parish priest, has been just lovely. He anointed her one week ago, and this morning he brought her Holy Communion. But, Miss Dalton, why do you look so? What is the matter? My dear girl, said Miss Dalton, vainly striving to keep back the tears, your poor sister will never suffer again. Is, is, oh Miss Dalton! God pity you, Regina, let us kneel down and pray. The poetry of all the ages, and of eternity itself, had been thrown open to Rose O'Connell. End of chapter 3